All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 7 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Probably the last podcast we will do before the start of the regular season, so we are going to try to jam in a shitload of information in this episode. So, as usual, we've got Dylan D. Berthume, Michael Biebs Bondi with us. How's it going, boys? Nothing says episodes going like dropping shitload before you introduce us. I jamming love in a shitload, just jamming in a shitload. Inf- You're not wrong, and I love it. Um, so much, so much great. information. Feeling a little empty right now because all my rosters are uh, completely empty. But uh, by next week, I'll be full again and uh, have complete teams to cheers for again. So, uh, and I think we're all we're all in that boat. It's exciting times. Yeah, I think uh, this weekend's obviously going to be insane. Like so mm-hmm. many drafts. Like we, I tried to like I'm in a couple leagues, try to schedule some drafts with some people, and it's like. Can you do this time? No, I got a draft. Can I you feel like time? Sunday. I have three on day. Sunday, yeah. yeah. And uh, two of them I'm planning on just having separate windows open, which is fine by me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't need that much attention to a draft, do you? Yeah, we actually just started a daily face-off league. Uh, Biebs, you're not in it because you're in so many leagues. But me and Dylan yeah. got in it. And uh, we were like, yeah, let's, I push bitched it, out. let's push it back to like 9.30 because uh, there's just so many drafts going. I, I just joined a league this year. I don't know. How, I honestly have no idea how long it's going to take. Thank God it's online, but... It is a 28-man roster, 
and it's an auction draft. Like I'm like yeah. I don't even know, but it's like a super deep like dynasty. The end of that auction, everyone's just gonna hate their life. It's just dollar, gonna be dollar, yeah. Dollar, dollar, Half dollar. the guys are gonna be asleep. Drafts October first to October third. Yeah, just yeah. don't blow it's all so your money long. on someone good because that could wow. Just be sitting there forever. <laughs> sitting there with like twenty two guys to fill out their roster. You have twenty two dollars. Honestly, Super I'm the real. worst at auction drafts. I feel like every every year, like I. Like I, I might as well just not even show up for the first hour of that draft because I always like never grab like the high end guys. And I always have like the deepest team, but just no star power. Yeah, so I, I go way how, too hard off the top. Always, I don't so know how I'm going to be able to draft a 28 man roster. It's just going to be like 28 of the exact same player and literally like zero stars. But <laughs> those leagues are great to have though because then you get those depth guys on your roster and you can kind of like test dudes out for like leagues. That, yeah, honestly, um, that's why I joined it. I'm like, it helps me. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you're paying attention to like, oh, I care who just jumped into the top nine instead of the top six. Like even stuff if, like that. Even like right now, you got leagues where it's like 16 players, 12 teams. Like you're only drafting like 192 guys or whatever. And like there's so many great players like still in the 200s, the yep. two, 25s, the 250s. It's like so sometimes getting those deeper leagues is a lot. That's of fun. why we're so stingy when we talk about guys that are worth rostering and stuff. Oh yeah, you leagues, have right? to be. But like depend. We're talking just about yeah, standard leagues that are usually 16 to 18 players. But like obviously there's a lot of leagues that have 20, 22, mm-hmm. 24. Yeah. They're not, but there's yeah. also a lot that are like I, I mean the general. There's a lot of ten team leagues, which yeah. is even smaller rosters than what we're generally talking yeah. about. But so. last year with all the goal scoring, like sixty points was pretty much the cutoff. Yeah, for, you know what you want to roster in standard leagues, which is pretty juice crazy. pucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> juice but all right, pucks. so we got a ton of shit coming, like I said, to this episode. So we're gonna get right into it. I mean, I guess not right into it. We wasted three minutes off the top. But that's fine. Shitload um, of stuff though. What we're gonna do in this episode is basically just prepare you for the very end of your draft, kind of the middle to the last rounds of the draft. Uh, we covered all the positions already. We covered our top tens, which will help you get through the first two rounds, or a few rounds, I should say. Uh, and then after that, uh, this is where this episode is going to come in. We're going to talk about uh, some sleepers, obviously, that we like in the later rounds. Uh, some of the names that you're, we're going to you're going to hear are names that we already talked about on previous ep- episodes. We're going to kind of like just skim yeah. the top. It's like um, a university lecture, though. If we're mentioning them twice, it's for a reason. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, pay write attention. this down. Yeah, write this down. <laughs> but all right. We're going to start this show by talking about players that are available in the later rounds, really low ADPs, uh, maybe not even drafted in many leagues, uh, but they have significant top six roles or at least projected top six roles at this point. Uh, again, as always, uh, I tell people on DFO all the time, until we start getting into the regular practices, take all the line combinations with a grain of salt. But yet you can, people still yes. hold them. Well, you, you kind of have to, right? You got to go into your draft with some type of, yeah. you know, cemented thoughts. You got to think that something's going to work. I love so, seeing an angry individual though. It's like, but Brock, you said, you said so-and-so is going to be on the, it's like, man, I don't, I'm I did making it, the lines, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. But, but all right, uh, let's get ready to, I got a ton of names here. I'm just going to rattle some off and we'll discuss them quickly and, and then move on. Um, going in alphabetical order here by team, starting with Anaheim, got Andre Cash back from injury. Uh, playing on the top line with what looks like Ryan Getzlaff for sure. Uh, right now, Nick Ritchie on the left side. That's really not that important. But I guess to note, <laughs> Revolving uh, door. the important note is that it looks like Raquel is going to be with Sam Steele, uh, which could make Sam Steele another guy that fits into this category. But uh, Cash is one of the guys I really like in the spot. Right now, ADP 170, uh, 175. He only played, I think, like 30 games last year or whatever. 30, yeah. Yeah, not a lot of games. But on pace for 279 shots, which is just incredible. So, you know, you get get this guy on the top line. Uh, maybe a 30-goal score, potentially 25, 30 assists. He was, uh, I mean, only played 30 games, but it was on. Uh, it was a 30-goal pace. That yeah, he played that's what I mean. on pace for 279 shots. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, top 25 in the league last year. It's pretty impressive. So, uh, this was, a, you know, one of our favorite sleepers last year. 
And the injury obviously derailed the season. I think he had but a four-goal game mixed in there, too. Also, the Anaheim kind of Ducks like, derailed his season. Yeah. yeah. They That's derailed the one thing everyone's I think Everybody really liked Cash team. coming in last year. Uh, now, like, the Ducks are expected to take another step backward, uh, be a little bit shittier. Still but pieces. he's still, you know, in the top six, and he's going to be the guy. Him and Raquel should be the guys that really drive this offense. So, I like Cash again this year. Uh, but moving along, you got Nick Schmaltz in Arizona. He's expected to center the second line. Uh, right now, it looks like Dvorak and Connor Garland on his wing. So not great wingers. It, it looked like he was going to probably get Keller after they traded for Kessel. Yeah. But early indications are that it's actually going to be Keller, Stepan, and Kessel on the top line. So that kind of hurts uh, Nick Schmaltz. Uh, Victor Olsen's a popular uh, target right now. A lot of people asking questions, talking about him. Uh, Olsen is projected to play on the top line with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart, which is obviously a great spot. Olsen, in only a brief six-game stint last year, looked really good. He also dominated the AHL. Uh, I think he led Rochester in goals and points. Yep. They get 30 goals and 33 assists yep. for Rochester last year. Uh, he's just a guy that shoots a lot, really heavy shot, playing with Eichel and Reinhardt, you know, two great playmakers. Uh, we all expect Eichel to be a lot better this year. Olsen's a guy I really like in deeper leagues, really like in maybe the last round of your draft. He's a guy that could go for over 250 shots if he plays there all season long and could really be, you know, a 25, 25 player, you know, right out of the gate. Yeah, I think there's some upside there, but uh, in standard leagues, I don't know if I'd, I'd burn a, a draft pick. Yeah, I'm on. a little worried about uh, The upside is there for sure. I just think, you know, there's a chance he ends up either back in the AHL or in the bottom for six sure. a week into the season. Um, and, you know, I... I I think the most telling thing about, you know, maybe this isn't the look they're going to go with for the full 82 games is Sam Reinhart being on the right wing, right? Because we've heard a lot of talk about how they want to move him to center this season or or at least give him more looks there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think eventually they're going to move back to Skinner being with Eichel um, just because they had so much success with that last season. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I'm crazy about him in standard leagues off the draft, but definitely a guy worth monitoring and a lot of upside yeah. for sure. Yeah, if you're in a 28-man league, like yeah, they, has that, this is where this guy comes in. The good I, thing I'm for, the same as you here, D. The good thing for Olsen is he does play the left and right side, so if they decide to move yeah, Reinhardt back to center sure. and they put Skinner up there, then it could be Skinner, Eichel, Olsen on the right side, yeah. which could be even better for Yeah, him. I just meant more to say I don't think these lines are really a, so a clear-cut no, yeah, yeah. window but Right now they have, they're, be doing they're really season. trying yeah. out uh, Marcus Johansson back at center, so I feel like that experiment's not going to last very long. What are you long, doing? So. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Too small. I mean, I love the idea of making Casey Middlestad your third line center, but like, I don't think Marcus <laughs> Johansson's the second line answer no. here. I guess anything that gets Middlestad down the de- down the depth chart, I'm I'm game for. Yeah. Uh, okay. Another guy that we're all very high on. That's Andre Svechnikov, expected to play on the top line with Nino Niederreiter and Sebastian Aho. Couldn't ask for a better spot. We're all ridiculously high on Niederreiter. We're all high on Aho, and then we were all really, you know invested in Sveshnikov's year last year. He finally, that shooting percentage started to climb back up. He's just a just a great shooter, just a great all-around power forward. In this spot, if this guy plays 18 minutes a night, I mean, sky's the limit here in year two, right? Yeah, yeah. they kind of they kind of eased him into the lineup last year. We saw it. He's playing, that lineup was kind of, we even talked about it, I think, right off the bat um, when we were looking at their original lines going into the year. We're like, which line is their first line? Because their third line looks like it could be their first line. And they got Jordan Stahl in the first line. But um, I think now they finally got a settled first line. Um, with him, Aho, and Niederreiter, as you mentioned. Um, 189 shots last year. If he can bump that above 200. Svechnikov's, I, I like this guy a lot as, as a deep pickup. Um, I'm also super high on, on young kids. But, yeah, uh, but he, he could easily build on that shot volume if he does see an increase in Easy, minutes, yeah. right? Uh, we talked about Even it a lot like last minute. year, how good his underlying numbers were. Um, I don't think we ever got quite to the point of recommending rostering him in standard leagues, uh, in redraft leagues anyway, just because the, the, the minutes weren't there. Right? Yeah, we, we kept kind of selling him as a 
by low candidate in like keeper leagues. Right, right, exactly. And it all kind of leads to, to year two, right? And uh, he really should be moving up the lineup this season. Uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't see an increase in usage. Uh, and I think, you know, 30-30, yeah. definitely within reach, and he has upside for a lot more than that if all things go his way. And they want to see him in, um, develop a little bit more, too, so they want to put him in those positions. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, he is the future there. For um, sure. Even more so than Aho almost, um, with, yeah, with, with what with, they've invested. But With Justin Williams leaving, I mean, he's locked in the top six now, which last year that, that was great. Yeah, that was huge. And, and like, I, he was playing with Walmart a lot last year, too, right? Uh, yeah, Martinuk, Walmart, and Sveshnikov. Like, and the they line. were dominating. They kind of couldn't get them off that line. Great 5v5 uh, Yeah, which is crazy yeah. because two of the guys on that line, um, I it seems like are almost more than below average players. So Yeah, um, yeah they, had, they had a hard time putting players. the buck in the yeah. net, but they were uh, pretty puck hindered, dominant for sure. So to see, something yeah. that Sebastian Aho and Nino Niederreiter did not have trouble doing last year. Exactly, so playing yeah. with those guys, definitely a huge upgrade for him. Uh, let's go to Chicago now. Two players in their top six. Alex Nylander looks like he might get an early look. Uh, playing with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Looks which, like he might make the team. Right? Yeah, that's, and, and that's right now, it's not like well, yeah. the, what they said too is like, uh, he's a player, it's kind of a funny quote, but they said like, he's a player that needs to play with talented players. So I got, does that mean he's not good? Like, I don't know what that <laughs> Who means. Who doesn't, but, yeah. But it sounds like if he's going to so be on the team, his he's going to play with, yeah, know, I think that means they, they don't see a lot of value in playing him in a more you know defensive shelter yeah. minutes like a lot of coaches like to get out of there. Yeah, like they're uh, not going to make him a third line center and exactly. let him let him yeah. hold his own. Yeah. Andrew Shaw is another guy that looks like he's probably going to be in the top Ooh. six because it looks like it's going to be Taves and Kane uh, together with Nylander, and then it's going to be uh, Shaw with Debrinkat and Strom. You know he's going to do the dirty work for those two guys. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Fine. Decent I, I like play it. driver at five v five. I think it's a good compliment yep. for the two yep. of them. Just won't really have fantasy potential, but no. I mean, it, it's one of those guys where he's going to fit the role well. Um, no, I think it makes sense for their makeup of the lineup. Absolutely. And, yeah, uh, but, honestly, I think it bodes well for the production of Stroman yeah. to bring Cat because it's going to afford them the puck. Yeah, they need more. someone who can get down there, get dirty, and yeah. let them make the pretty plays. Um, but it's not going to help uh, Shaw much as far as fantasy goes. Um, but yeah, just uh, I guess he's a you know a decent bottom of the roster guy if he's going to play there. If you're in a league that counts hits, uh, I know we've had yeah. some fans clamoring for us Slammer to try to leagues. invest a little bit more in the banger league so uh i'm gonna try my best uh, oh, he's a guy who had 128 hits in 63 games last year he's gone over 100 uh, pretty much every season of his career over 150 most times so uh in banger leagues i think shaw makes a little bit more sense uh andre burkowski is a guy that a lot of people have been paying attention to because uh, it looks like he could like open the, the season on a line with landis cog and mckinnon while randon isn't there uh, recently it was actually Eunice donskoy that uh, moved into that role <laughs> of course uh so We'll can't. see how it all shakes out. Can't Either wait to see Don Squid jump in and put oh, yeah. up like drop fifteen and fifteen over full eighty. Somehow, yeah. yeah, you're just like you've been playing on an unreal line all. Y-. Anyway, sorry, that's just. Either way, Burkos is gonna have Zach Hyman written all over him with McKinnon or Kadri. Uh, yeah. Obviously, playing with McKinnon's a lot better. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. But Both again, well though. Uh, yeah. Burkowski's a guy that everybody expects to blow up every year. It doesn't seem to happen. Maybe playing with McKinnon and Landis Cog is what he needs. Yeah. But just keep in mind that you know. We all expect Rant to sign uh, eventually, so uh, not a whole lot of value there. Uh, Alexander Texier looks like he is going to be the replacement for our Temi Panarin. Um, oh, not ideal. Should be seamless. Yeah, not ideal for guys like Pierre Luc Dubois and Cam Atkinson. Pierre but it looks Luke. like Texier is going to be uh, top line replacement for Panarin uh, as of now. So they have him on the left wing right now. Yes, and, and then uh, what's line two? Like Anderson on line two, Josh Anderson. I think they got Felino with Jenner and Anderson, yeah. and then I think it's Nyquist, Wenberg, and uh, Bjorkstrand. So it's like you know, <laughs> you have three third lines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about Detroit. Tyler Bertuzzi playing with Dylan Larkin and Mantha. Uh, this is a line that we've talked about a lot this season, uh, mostly because we're really high on Larkin. We're really high on Mantha. 
that, you know, by association makes Bertuzzi uh, at least somewhat fantasy relevant, you know, maybe the last spot of your roster. Uh, but still, he's a very fringe roster player at this point. I, I just think this line, like I have so much hope for this line. I really think Manta's going to have a, his finally, finally have that breakout year. Larkin, we think, is going to be a point-per-game player. So we have to see it at the end last year. Yeah, um, and it all bodes well for Bertuzzi. But I just, you know, again, he's not really a guy that I'm jumping all over. You know, you can still get Manta in the last few rounds. Bertuzzi's not quite the same player. Um, Zach Cassian, another one of these banger league players. Uh, but it's just so crazy to Windsor me alert. that... Yeah, Windsor alert. It's just so crazy to me that, like, it hasn't even been a question. Like, all training camp, it's like Cassian is with... McDavid and Dreisaitl. And it's like, they don't have any other options. Like, he is, like, cemented in that role. There's yep. no questions asked. And, I mean, there has to be value there. There just has yeah. to be. In banger leagues, there's no reason why Cassian can't put the puck in that play. He makes a good, uh, just... he makes a good, like, nightly start, I find, in leagues where you say yeah, maybe you have sure. a guy go day-to-day or whatever, and you got to toss him on your eye, and you're like, shit, who do I fill in tonight? And, and Edmonton seems to play on those off days. Um, at least last year it was. So he always just kind of landed there. Um, but yeah, no, definitely someone to keep an eye on. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 191 hits last year, 201 hits two years ago. So yeah, uh, my 2018 league that hits involved. This is a guy I'm going to go get for four bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if he to... plays a full season there, but if he does, 20 goals like more than doable for yeah. him. And if we're, we're telling people to go year, at Shaw, yeah. then I think you have to go for Cassian first yeah. over Shaw because yeah, Cassian Shaw yeah, on steroids. We're just going. We're just going in alphabetical order here. Yeah. I absolutely agree. No, with that. I'm just saying in general, though, if people are putting up two just plugs together, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, what we've been talking plug. about so far has been young players. This one does not fit the mold. Ilya Kovalchuk <gasps> could have a bounce back year. Right now, scheduled to play on the second line with Adrian Kempe, Tyler Tafol. Should be a pretty good line at 5v5, but team's gonna score two goals. A I game love that... Adrian Kempe, I know and so do the LA Kings. Yeah, yeah. have oh, you heard he's, this? He's they, they like they talk about their future plans moving forward, and Adrian Kempe is just at the center of it. So. You, was it you that I'm I was excited. talking to about the one time and I watched like a game and they were talking? I can't remember, if it was we were Mario Kempe, yeah, Pot- talked about it Potter last too. year, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they were just like the dad was just like, yeah, like Mario could be the best if he had Adrian's. Uh, the other way around, Adrian could be the best if he had Mario's. No, uh, no, it was Mario would be better than Adrian if he had Adrian's like drive. Mm-mm. Other way around, I think you're wrong. No, Anyways, they're both on, they're both on the Kings now. Right? I, be, I believe the quote was Adrian would be the best player in the world if he had Mario's drive. Like Adrian has all the time. No, you're wrong. It's the other way around. All right, because it doesn't make any sense. I can't. How even, does that not make I sense? I can't even step in the it's, middle. We're just like, saying I don't the two. Op- we remember it differently. It's yeah. not that I'm. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you like, both. Why am I any more wrong than you are? I remember it the total sense. opposite as you do. Uh, Kevin Fiala is ex- expected to play on the first line in Minnesota with Jason Zucker and Eric Stahl. Uh, they basically have two second lines. So, uh, but Fiala's a guy we were high on last year. Shaw volumes there. Uh, we'll see if he can bounce back. That's a really good spot for him to bounce back. He played. Uh, he was playing over 17 minutes a night when he went there last season. Uh, 3.4 on a shooting percentage uh, in 19 games with Minnesota. So uh, he had six points in those 17 games. You know, I think if you get anywhere near normal puck luck, uh, he's easily around. You know, uh, I'm trying to extrapolate over 82. I think you know 50 to 60 point range for yeah. sure, uh, with more upside than that. So I like Fiala a lot this year. I think he's worthy of a late round flyer because yeah. of the dual ring. It's just dual funny. wing eligibility. It's so funny how like things change. Like we just kind of talked about cash. Like, everyone was talking about cash. Everyone was talking about Fiala last yeah. year, and then like this year, like nobody seems to be. But they're it's they's all the same right now. Yeah, they're, nothing's they're happened. In the, they're in the same spot. Years advanced. Yeah, if anything, yeah. they become. They're the same players like that yeah. shoot a ton, and that's what we need. We need their style. Volume. They're not gonna yeah. Uh, Nick Suzuki's a guy to obviously target in keeper leagues. Looks like he's going to make the Canadians out of training camp right now, skating on a line with Jonathan Drouet and Max Domi. He's looked unreal in the preseason. 
Uh, He'll be getting the knows? nine game though, so just yeah, keep an eye on that. Yeah. He could only get nine for yeah. sure, but I mean, if he plays well, there's a lot of there's been a lot of indicators that say that he could stick. Uh, they've been really impressed with his two way ability. Yeah, he's got the vision. I think it's just the size thing, but I yeah. mean, if he can prove that it's not going to be an issue, then why the hell not? Yeah, he might only get the nine, but he looks like he's going to start the, uh, the year yeah. there, and you know, maybe you get nine really good games out of him, and they send him back, and you drop a bottom of your roster guy anyway. I'm pretty so sure he cares? dropped mm-hmm. like 42 points in the playoffs last year in, uh, yeah, in the OHL. Yeah, he was just really good, absolute beast. He was really good. Uh, my Mikel Granlin, uh, he was part of the trade that sent Fiala to Minnesota. He's now in Nashville. Looks like he's going to play on a line with Duchesne and Forsberg. Really good spot. I love uh, Mikel Granlin this year. Yeah. Uh, just as a bottom of the roster guy. People forget just, about him yeah, really hard. The only issue with uh, with Granlin was that he was very reliant on uh, – not very reliant, but his power play production seemingly always enhanced his value, uh, and he is – almost certainly not going to be on the top unit in Nashville. So that could hurt his value a little bit. But I think you play a full year with Duchesne uh, and Forsberg. Obviously, we don't expect to play an entire year there. But yeah. uh, that, that team's top six has got some pieces, whether you're, sure. you're playing with Johansson, Arvidsson, whatever the case may be. I think you'd obviously want to split up uh, Johansson and, and Granlin just because they're both such gifted playmakers. But Granlin's a guy who's just tons of skill. Absolutely. And it could mix extremely uh, well with Duchesne and Forsberg. Yeah, he was a 70-point guy one, at, at one point in his career, I believe, two, three years ago there. And when he, he was to the point where, where people were starting to, to think about him as you know a, a top center across the league. So um, it's kind of crazy that people are forgetting about him now at this point, I, I think, because he was someone that like I mentioned. That's you know. why we're here, though. We're here just yeah. to remind the people that, that these guys, these guys exist. do exist. And uh, make sure you're grabbing uh, Mikel Granlin and not his brother, Marcus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pavel Buchnevich looks like he's going to open the season with Artemi Panarin. Just and- to touch on Biebs's point real quick, too. Uh, Granlin had a 67 point. That was the one. 69 point season 2016 nice. 17, 67 nice. uh, and 27 18. Super good. Last year, he finished with 54 points. Uh, across, you know, uh, I think it was 79 games between the two teams. And he didn't do uh, much with minutes. Had a 7.0 on-ice shooting percentage last year, 10.3 and 11.5 the two years prior, uh, which I think yeah. explains I a lot of the I think those averages are, like, that's For the For sure. I'm more of a, closer to a 60-point guy than a 50-point guy. Absolutely. So we can all agree that you want Granlin on your team at yes. the end of your draft. Yeah, or he uh, should be rostered yeah. in standard leagues. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm taking a peek at him, honestly, before the end of my draft. I'm, I'm even reaching for this guy. And Biebs, you were way off, man. Nick Suzuki had 42 points, not 41, in the playoffs uh, last year. 16 goals, walk, 26 man. assists. I might have even said games. 42 if we go back on the tape, but we'll figure it out. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich playing with Panarin and Zibanejad in New York. Obviously, that one's a little bit risky. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, Buchnevich is a guy that seemingly has a ton of skill. Guys, a guy that we've we you know, love we, him in we, the first month always. We've streamed him. We've streamed him a bunch, especially at the start of the year. He's worth mentioning just for that uh, alone, because whenever he's on the top line, he's going to be worth playing, right? I mean, so, but he's. I just don't think he's going to see anywhere near a full eighty-two games no. with that kind of usage. I mean, his real only uh, competitor is Capo Caco, which is a huge competitor for me. Yeah, oh, but I mean, he didn't have any real competition last year, and he was playing on the fourth line and in the press box. Even, but I mean, so. if if Panarin, David if, Quinn, not the biggest Buchnevich fan. No, Panarin uh, has been able to make some players that you know, pretty good hockey players, into just gods. Um, so I think maybe Booch is good Buchnevich. too. It's weird. I like Booch. Yeah. He shows signs, and it's like, why? why uh, D, we'll talk to you about this guy a little bit. Uh, Connor Brown goes to Ottawa. Looks like he's gonna be on the top line with. Uh, Brady Kachuk and Colin White. Any interest in uh, in Connor Brown? You no, know, he- not in standard leagues. I mean, I think he can get back to you know the twenty goal pace that he had as a rookie. Um, but I mean, you so know, so he's not playing with Connor McDavid like he did in junior. He's playing with right. Well, even his Paul rookie White. season, he played on the top line with Austin Matthews, right? So 
His year before, not quite that he was sort of negative. usage. I've seen a lot of questions about Connor Brown, like will he be the? And I'm like, I just like, there's so many other guys. Yeah, I just yeah. don't think he has that, you know, that that next step in him to be that elite no, player. I didn't I mean, even think he, we'd be yeah. talking about him to be honest. But um, he does deserve something, though. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think on first line. I think we said that somebody, somebody it couldn't get any better for him opportunity wise, right? So we'll see exactly what his max potential is this season. I'd be surprised. You know, 25 goal, I think, is his, like, absolute ceiling. Yeah. Do you think he can beat his, like, negative 60 season from Erie um, in junior? Think he could beat that in Ottawa this year? It was a negative 60. It was like a negative. Was, was Connor there? It was oh, no, it was the year before. It was the year that they brought it. <laughs> That's how they got Connor. How they got Connor. But it was it was uh one of the ugliest plus minuses I have ever seen in an OHL. Minus 72. There it is. That's our penalty killer. Even worse. Minus 72. That's yeah. so incredible. I love bringing out Con- those ridiculous get, junior stats. Within the year he was had 128. How many games plus did they 44. Play? They play like what? 60? 68. That's so a lot of goals minus a game. And I'm pretty sure he had like a decent year that year too. For sure, like still yeah, had three points. Or he was probably just playing games. 20 minutes a night, right? <laughs> he was a rookie in the OHL. He's getting plugged. Uh, Travis Konechny is a guy that we like this TK. year. Uh, finally, you know, Almost finally signed his contract, like, playing with Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier. Uh, this is a guy, I wrote about it. I can't remember exactly where he was at, but he was near the top of the league in um, even strength goals last year. I think like top four if i'm not mistaken i could be i'll I find it. it's not on this sheet but i'll find it he had a really good year last year uh in even strength and the problem with him i, I love connecting a lot this year uh he only played just a shade under 16 minutes a game last year he should see a little bit of a boost playing on that first line permanently um but the real the real issue for him is i don't think he's ever going to crack that top power play unit which is just still going to just limit his ceiling mm-hmm. uh going forward so I just, I don't know. I, I like Konechny a lot. I think he could have a really good year. I think he's a really good bottom of your roster type guy. But I just don't know if, like, this is the year where he breaks through uh, just because of his, you know, he's limited in terms of power play production. Limited in power play role. Uh, he was 33rd, sorry, in the NHL <laughs> in even strength goals over the last off. two seasons while only playing 15 minutes a night. I'm mixing him up with somebody else who's at the top of the league in even strength goals. I can't remember. I've been writing about so many guys. Nonetheless, 33 still, isn't bad for 15 minutes a night, like you said. And all that, all he needs is a little bit more usage. And uh, This is a guy that yeah. nobody talks about. Like, no. 33rd in the league in even strength goals over two years. and But that's where you're getting all this value is at even strength. There's yeah. not a whole lot outside of And that. we got to remember, too, last year we were looking at a Flyers team that was just dismantled. By the end of the year, they were like, there's nothing good going on there. So so it's tough to... Uh, finish pretty strong, but... But it, yeah, it was just, it was for a lot of guys they had yeah. down fantasy. We saw it from Drew. Yeah. I mean, Simmons before he got dealt Couture, was nothing. Just like, was basically was the exact same player. Yeah, I, that's the one guy I wrote about the other, the it's other gonna be day. a stud again. I mean, he's, I just can't it, believe how low his ADP is. Like he's yeah. done the same exact thing two years in a row. Like what do we what do we expect him to do less this year? And like, you watch their games, and it's not like you're, it's it's not a fluke what he's Couture doing. Is he's, a stud. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a very good player. All right, let's run through these Canadian. last couple guys real quick here. Dominic Cahoon scheduled to play Cahoon? on the top line with Jake Gensel and Sidney Cross. The new pretty good spot, and he had a pretty good year last year too. He really did. Now he goes to play with City Crosby. I think this is a guy that has sixty point upside if he plays with them for a full year. But yeah, thirteen goals, twenty four assists as a rookie last year for Cahoon, uh, averaging just over fourteen minutes a game. Yeah. Now you go play seventeen with Crosby. It's not bad. Pretty Speaking ups. of Pittsburgh, Alex Galchenyuk, uh, another bounce back candidate. He's going to play with Evgeny Malkin and whoever the fuck they decide to put on the right wing there. They've been really testing out Brandon Tanev uh, on Ooh. Crosby and Malkin. I line. love Brandon Tanev as a grinder, but I don't know about 
you know, a top six guy. Regardless, I'm not. I coach. think like it's Keep the going. same idea as Andrew Shaw played with yeah, Stobin. Go get us the puck, yeah. Zach Hyman. I mean, you look at Tanev, and that's a guy you just want to lock up for six years, right? Yeah, just screams. Give me, <laughs> give me a huge deal. Term, term, just give me term. term. That's all it is. Okay, uh, Kevin LeBanc looks like a guy that's going to step in and fill Joe Pavelski's role on uh, at, at even strength at least. Going to play with Timo Meyer and Logan Couture. Uh, LeBanc had a really good year last year. I think what fifty five points, fifty six points, uh, fourteen minutes a night. Yeah, shooting percentage on ice, shooting percentage both well within reason. Uh, I think his production easily improves with that uptick in usage. Pavelski's gone. Plenty of minutes up for grabs yeah, in uh, that tons. top six. Uh, spent most of the last year on the third line, uh, but did see a lot of time on the first power play unit, which should continue into this year as well. Yeah, early uh, indications are that it will. Yeah, and uh, it, that really emerged towards the second half of the season, mm-hmm. uh, and he was still managed uh, to pick up 18 power play assists last season. Uh, so not only you know is he on the power play, but he's actually a focal point when he is on yes. the management. Touches the puck a lot of that. Yeah, he's play. a he's a good playmaker, good puck mover, and uh, that you know it runs through him. So he's going to get a lot of power play points this year. He also um, doesn't have Donskoy there now. Seriously, to just yeah. take that no, yeah, spot just from him, which is ridiculous. Yeah, no, for yeah, sure. Which is, they, it's just like more the, yeah. the entire right side of their lineup was just completely decimated in the offseason. They've like, now they committed to Kevin in, in, full in, on. Yeah, like he he's. He, He's the only one there. He's the only right winger. Like after him, like on the second yeah. line. Well, Meyer like, can play right wing, but yeah, but yeah, but even like he's like their top left wing. Freaking love Meyer. Well, they got Vander, but yeah. but uh, you got like Lucas Radil yeah. or Rattle or whatever, and then Dylan Gambrel and Johnny Brzezinski. That's their four left right wingers or th- other three right wingers. Right. right. Yep. So uh, not the who's who like of right wingers. Mafia trio. But yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, current ADP 157.3 for the bank. Yeah. I, it, Dual wing eligibility in Yahoo. Not sure about ESPN. My only concern with him is just a lack of goal production, but I think playing with Couture and Meyer, he could be a ridiculous source of assists this yeah. year. Like, he, I honestly, I'm not even fucking kidding. I think he could put up 50 apples this year playing yeah. with those two. Like, just like. No yeah, questions asked. If you're going to get him at the end of your draft, too, like give 50, 50 apples is unbelievable. Give me 50 to 50 and I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, and then you can afford to pick up a guy like. Line A, who's going to score forty and twenty? So, but I like like I like LeBanc. Like we talked about the other day. I just saw I was getting the more ready to we talk on, about him. I, I like him. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Realized, like it was so funny. Dylan texted me. He goes, I low key love LeBanc. I like, like, like. I like. I like. Not my low key about. It. He's great. I try not to like overhype guys that like could easily go the other way if the usage doesn't actually yeah. line up. But there's, there's legit no one seventy point upside. Yeah, I just don't see. I don't see how else no one's taking that spot yeah, i just don't see how else they could shake up those lines like where else is he gonna play yeah and you know the thing about him last year was like i update the lines and he moved first second third first second third first like all year like there was nobody else on that team i don't think anybody else moved except for that second and third line right winger yeah and he just kept jumping around but anyways moving along uh jaden schwartz uh obviously you expect to be back on the first line with Braden Shen and Vladi Tarasenko. Yeah. It's funny because you know, a lot of these guys that we're talking about are younger. Jaden Schwartz is, doesn't fit in that category, but he's a guy that used to go, you know, eighth, seventh, eighth round all the time, and now he's seemingly just dropped off the board. ADP right now, 208, according to Fantasy Pros. Um, if he plays a full 82-game season, this is a guy that's going to go over 200 shots. He's a guy that's going to go over 25 goals. He's a guy that's going to go over 35 assists. Like, he is great. I like... That line, that is so dominant at 5v5. Yep. They're so, so good. And I love Jaden Schwartz. If he's like a, a last round pick or whatever, 208. Like he's yeah. dropping like a rock in traffic. Guaranteed going to get hurt, but whatever. Maybe he was always healthy before, just like eh. last few years. Um, going back to the bank too for a second, his last two years in the OHL, 107 and 127 points. 
it's just, just can't like, get enough of the bank. Very good Barry team, right? From what yeah. I remember? Yeah. yeah. 76 and 88 assists. Played with your boy Athanasiu. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Brandon Lemieux. Andrew Mangiapani. Anyways. Um, That's actually Tyler, a good team. Yeah. Pop. Tyler Johnson. Uh, this one I'm... This is the one I'm for sure going to get in trouble for. Because he's going to play like half a game there. And then he's going to be on the second line. And people will be like, I drafted Tyler Johnson. Well, don't draft Tyler Johnson. Yeah. So, But it looks like he's going to open the season as the Easy center answer. on the top line with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov on his wings. I mean, could you ask for a better spot? Right. Well, I would take him with like the second round or... or Final round pick. The way I mean, the way I approach. I thought you were saying like your second round pick. Second like, round pick. Yeah. Saying a big jump at TJ. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but the way I approach it, it, you guys know I love streaming. You know, two or three spots off the bottom of my roster. You just get a lot more yeah. value out of it, oh, a lot yeah. more production out of it that way, as opposed to just holding on to one guy who can give you fifty-five points. Who might play three games a week. Exactly. Um, Ty Johnson, like you can just draft him and basically treat him as a streaming target right out the gate. Uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, you're in my lineup. Exactly. There's a couple other guys we can talk about uh, that are in that same regard. I mean, I guess we're just about to talk about Casper Captain, I think is right in that same uh, window. Going to start with Tavares and Marner probably for about the first month until Hyman returns. Yep. Uh, Then Hyman will reassume that spot. So Captain basically worth streaming, worth rostering, so ever long he's on uh, that line. And then he's going to drop right down to the third line with Kerfoot. So it won't be really worth holding on to at that point. Because I don't know if everybody knows. Uh, but Hyman is like guaranteed to miss the first 12 to 14 games. Well, I should say guaranteed, but expected to miss. Yeah, his original timeline carried into late October, yes. early November. So, so that's even that's what they expect. So it's about a month. Um, so Capita does get a spot there. Draft him at the end of your leagues and you know, 18, 20 uh, man rosters and just be expect you know, ready to drop him. Yeah. Uh, another guy for the Leafs, Andreas Janssen. He seems to have a more secure spot yeah. yes. on the, in the top six. He's going to be playing with Matthews and Nylander. Uh, I really like Janssen this year. He had ridiculously good uh, numbers last year in very limited minutes. Yeah. 20 uh, goals, 23 assists, uh, 13 minutes, 40 seconds. He was that yeah. rookie that no one – he was the unexpected rookie last year, the one that comes kind of out of nowhere that's, you know, yeah. well, top, we talked about at the start of the year, but it's just you couldn't have never bet that he would get the consistent absolutely, looks that yeah. he ended up getting. And, and, and he performed in that position. In limited time, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. You give him, uh, you know, a full run with that line at the start of the season. I really like Janssen, maybe 27 goals, 32 assists. Like, right around 60 points for me uh, is where Janssen fits in. JT Miller is a guy we've talked about before. He goes to Vancouver to play with Pearson and Horvat. Uh, we talked about him a lot, on, I think, a couple episodes ago. Because this is a big trade for him. A uh, guy that just, yeah. did not, you, know, you know, still put up some decent numbers while playing uh, on the fourth line. In Should Bay. get crazy usage. And, and then now he goes to... Uh, Vancouver, where he's going to play with Pearson and Horvat, so that should be um, that should be a good spot for him. I really like Miller at the end of your drafts as well in deeper leagues. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, uh, we're not going to talk too much about Ehlers in this section, but right now it looks like he's going to play with Shifley and Wheeler. Uh, but again, Ehlers is a guy that we like, but also a guy that spot is not very secure. Yeah. Uh, as soon as Kyle Connor signs there, uh, he's probably going to lose that spot and drop down to a second line role. So Ehlers is a guy yeah. I like a lot, but... Uh, well, we've seen Ehlers be productive on the well. second line before the issue last year. He was on the third line. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, he put up 64 gonna, and 63. Like, they were decimated in the offseason. No, I'm, so. dry, I'm rostering Ehlers not Absolutely. even as a shooting target. Yeah. I, I think he's... I'm, yeah. taking him, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him middle. Yeah, he had, he had 64 and 60 on uh, at, when he was kind of just hopping around that lineup earlier. Mm-hmm. And then it's just one off year last year. Saw it with Line A. Saw it with a couple of Jets. Um, yeah, they just have a great year. Didn't come back to form. Still only like 23 Ehlers. years old. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Absolutely. Fantastic. Sparkle. But all right, let's fire it over to Blue Stones. Uh, we're take a 60-second break here. When we get back, we are going to discuss uh, some of the bigger 
goalie timeshares, the more obvious goalie timeshares. Talk about which goalies we like to pick out of each timeshare, or which are the ones that we're not afraid to target, which ones we are afraid to target. And then after that, we're going to just reiterate some of our deeper sleepers. Maybe talk about a couple new ones that have arose uh, over the last you know, week or so. Sure, and yeah. then after that, we're going to talk about players that are being drafted in very similar spots, uh, maybe a couple spots away from each other that are pretty similar players and discuss which one of those two we would rather have. So as always, enjoy the Blue Stones and we will see you back here in 60 seconds. Some more juicy stuff. Episode 7 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Berthium. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed those tunes, uh, yeah, not your turn to talk yet, Brock. Come on. Just trying to step in. You got the whole show, bud. I get these 30 seconds. Uh, Blue Stones, check them out on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, I don't know where. Anywhere else where you, you can uh, download, listen, <laughs> you purchase. You say music. the same thing every week. I know. I, Apple Music, I, I always feel like there's a third platform that I'm going to say. Anywhere else you get your SoundCloud, music. SoundCloud, if you, if you, they're probably there. The radio. Radio FM, FM yeah. maybe even alt AM. rock stations. Yeah, yeah, there you go for sure. Um, we're gonna get into the second half of the show. Yeah. Uh, gonna look at some goalie timeshares. Uh, gonna look at specifically the goalies among them and which ones you know we're fine going after uh, and which ones we'd want to avoid because there's just not that much upside there and they're not gonna be playing that much. Uh, so Brock, why don't you get us going here? Uh, let's start by looking off at one of your favorites, Anti Ranta. Uh, and Darcy Cumper out in Arizona. We might see Ranta play some hockey this year. Yeah, I love Anthony Ranta. Um, Ranta's a big favorite of mine. I think that Kemper had a really good year last year, and Kemper is a little bit overvalued coming into this year. A lot of people are really hyping him up. I really Fair. don't think he's going to have anywhere close to as good of a year as he did. He yeah. really wasn't very good until like the, you know, the second half where he was excellent. But like prior to that, he was just Darcy Very Kemper. average, yeah. He was, yeah. yeah. So I'm not really that concerned. I really like Anti Ranta again this year. Yeah, Obviously, and they're committed to him. Health is a big issue. But this is a guy... 234 goals against average, 920 save percentage over the course of his career. Um, and then it bodes well for both him and Kemper. Uh, but the Arizona Coyotes average uh, gave up the 11th fewest shots against last year. So they're pretty uh, pretty solid defensive team. Uh, they play a boring they brand Richardson. of hockey. Uh, they got Brad Richardson. <laughs> Adding Soderberg into the mix helps a little bit as well. Uh, I, I, you know, every year I think that they're going to be Carl. a little bit better. And this is a team that I think is a playoff team this year, and it's going to be because of Anti Ranta. I think Oliver Ekman Larson has a better year. Kessel's going to score some. It's a goals. great one too. Yeah, I just I Jacob Chitrin uh, is going to be. Or so Chitrin, they might finish tenth last in the league this year. 
they're going to make the playoffs. They were on a playoff push last year. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, but I just, anyways. So when it comes down to goalie timeshares, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? No, I do not. Okay. I mean, I think they'll they'll be they'll be they're there. Be like I, I believe. I just thought be it was in the minority for a second. No, I believe they'll be bubbling though. <laughs> Second I mean, wild. Yeah, 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 that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. tenth last. But anyways, uh, so out of these goalie timeshares <laughs> that we're going to talk about, Rantz is my probably my favorite outside of Tuukka Rask because I think Tuukka Rask is obviously just unreal and that team's great. But mm-hmm. I'm really not that worried. Like I see, keep seeing how high Kemper's ADP is, and I can't really understand it. Yeah, for a guy who I mean, super average. There, there's average. no denying that Ranta is better than Kemper, and I and I think so and better. I think they know that. Um, so it, yeah, it, people didn't get the memo. Like okay. if, if he's healthy, if Rantz is healthy, like he could legit start sixty games, like no problem. Yeah, and they have no problem giving him that. Yeah. Kemper is their backup. That's it's it, that's what he was brought in to do. They're, they're they don't owe him anything because of last year. Um, if Rant is healthy, he's playing. Yeah, exactly. Now the next t- timeshare, I kind of already mentioned it. Uh, Tuka Rask and Yaroslav really Halak in Boston. This is another one where it's almost the exact same situation. I think obviously they're going to try to ease uh, Rask's workload a little bit. As he gets up there, same for the playoffs, similar to what they did last year. But I have a hard time believing in Yaroslav Halak being as good as he was. He was kind of the opposite as Darcy Kemper last year. He was really, really, really good at the start of the and year. Just and just And then wasn't dropped. very good in the second half. So yep. um, I think that we could, we're could we going to see more starts out of Tuka Rask this year. I have a lot. Halak burned a lot of people last year because a lot of people thought he was their goaltender too. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're in your final months and he's not even getting a start. And when yeah. he is, he's going below 900. Yeah. So where are we at on Halak? <sighs> Uh, heading into the season, like, do you guys think he's a two? Do you think he's a three? Do you think he's shouldn't even be owned? I think I if you have Rask and you want to double up, it's not bad. Lock at all. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I mean, I mean, because he was he was a number two for most yeah. of the season last if year. If you like can roll, teams. if you can roll Rask, Halak, say say the goalies are getting thin and, and he's your third goalie and you already have Rask, I yeah. don't mind it because out of the 82 games, you're gonna likely yeah. Get, I you think know, I, 50, ideally you win. roster him with Halak uh, yeah. or with Rask. In that case, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. you're uh, gonna get a 915 save percentage. Absolutely, but I guess outside of that, you know, and at the same time, if he is gonna be on. Uh, free agents in your league. Anytime he does end up starting, uh, save you know against for a handful uh, of teams, he's going to be worth playing, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, definitely a, a guy you're want to going to want to keep an eye on to see uh, if he is getting in the cage, if he's going to be in, on uh, the waiver wire. Yeah. I just uh, much rather have more spot starting. I sure. think the best part about Halak is that people are concerned about him, and it's dragging Rask's value down, and it's making Rask that much more valuable on draft day. Like Rask is now becoming a guy that you don't have to reach on and you can you can get good value on him on draft day because people are worried that Halak's going to do it again and I just don't believe in it. Sure. And going back for a second before I go to you here, Biebs, uh Darcy Kemper's ADP, 136.5 right now. Oof. It's uh, earlier than it should be. But um, for mine, um, this is... 125 for Ranta. Like he's going 11 spots after Ranta. That's pretty... That's half some, something wrong with that. I'd much rather have Ranta... <laughs> He is half the uh, half the love anti rant. I know it's yeah, Brock is just the biggest anti rant fan. But um, <laughs> another timeshare that and one that's going to be kind of interesting to watch this year on another very very good team is uh, Calgary. We got our boy David Riddick. Yep. And uh, the swap that was Cam Talbot for Mike Smith. Cam Talbot's now. I don't know what can we say. It, it, do you think they're going to go 50-50 out there? Do you think it's going to be Riddick first, Talbot second? Talbot first, Riddick second. Uh, I think Cam Talbot and maybe Brock are the other ones who think this is going to be anywhere near a 50-50. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that team too. I, I think, <laughs> no, I, I think I like Riddick's Riddick. the guy. Yeah. Well, I saw that. I, you know, I, I We've heard the management uh, team talk about how it's Riddick's job. Yeah. 
as uh, long as he doesn't do what he did kind of like, like but yeah did, i think if he, he struggles the like cliff. the leash isn't there at all and i think tablet's gonna play more than just you know half ends or the tail ends of the back to back i'd say probably like 50 30 start maybe 45 right right right, and definitely room for more if riddick struggles which you know he was inconsistent a, a lot last year for sure uh but there was times where he looked like a legit starting goaltender so yeah. he had uh, a 261 goals against average 911 save percentage last year and he the was reason a, he, I like Riddick is because even with a 9-11 save percentage, this guy went 27 games. Calgary's yeah. going to score goals. They're going to win you some games. Yep. The best news for not only Riddick but Talbot as well, Calgary, fewest shots against in the league Huge. last year. Both goalies to me are, are rosterable. Uh, I think that it's David Riddick's job to yep. run with. They've come out and said so. Yep. But Riddick was pushing a 920 for Talbot, a lot of last Talbot year. Talbot is an above average backup, and I think that it's, it's going to be, you know, 47 starts for Riddick, maybe. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know. I, I, I like I like Talbot to be half decent this year. I just, it's just going to be so good two years ago. I don't understand. <laughs> if you're facing the, the fewest shots in the league, I don't know how you could be that bad again. It just doesn't make sense to me. But uh, Chicago. Did you pro- see Mike Smith? Yeah. <laughs> he looked good in the playoffs again. <laughs> True. Um, Chicago, probably the most interesting timeshare in the league. Robin Lehner, just the best goalie in the league last year. And Corey Crawford, one of the best goalies in the league for the last half a decade. Vertigo. Uh, on the same roster. They're probably going <laughs> to split evenly as long as Crawford's healthy. So it makes, you know, they, they're their own worst enemies, or each other's worst enemies, I should say. They drag each other's value down, but it could help. I think that this is a... Yeah, it's a 40-40, I think. For me, I think I just want to pick my points. I want to pick one of them. And it's probably later just because I'm concerned about Crawford's health. Yeah. I don't know if – like, I think Chicago's going to be solid, but I don't think they're good enough to own both. I guys. don't think that they're necessarily a playoff yeah. team, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll take one of them, but I'm not – like, you can't take both. Did they, I think they gave up the most shots in the league They are getting year. shelled yeah. last year. It's yeah. going to be a very different experience for Laner yeah, uh, totally than what he saw on Long Island. I think it – you know, it works out for Crawford and for the Black – like, it made a lot of sense, yeah. right? Um, cause Crawford needs, uh, he, he needs to chill a bit. Yeah. yeah like not, not later just, 16. you know, excelled in a 50, 50 timeshare yeah. last season. Uh, like Brock said, one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie in the league last year. Are, uh, and then Corey Crawford, I just don't think you can rely on him to play, nope, a, you yeah. know, a full starters workload at this point in his career. Uh, and we have seen him play well, uh, in limited, uh, minutes or limited starts, uh, within the last few seasons. So I, I think, you know, this could end up working out really well for them. The real concern is the blue line. It's, it's terrible. And we're all in agreement that we'd probably take Laner before we take Crawford. If we, if, if, if you're given the, the chance on your oh, draft, yeah. you got them sitting right there. You're going to, yeah, but if I'm in, if I'm in yeah. trouble in goal or if, you know, I don't end up with, you know, two of like the top 15, 20 goaltenders, uh, in the league, I could definitely see myself picking up Crawford as my third goalie. Yeah, no, I have. That's I was gonna say. All things being equal, I, I'll take later. Uh, but I mean, if if later's going two, three rounds earlier, or whatever the case may be, yeah, uh, I have no problem with Crawford. I wouldn't be surprised if later plays pretty well and, and it, he actually ends up taking a lion's share of the starts. Uh, but Crawford's just so good that I think that this is going to be a. a you know, an even 41-41 split here. I guess the one thing that's crazy about it is, like, last year you'd think, like, Lehner would play more with how good he was, but then Grice was just as good, where it that was just a product of the system, where this year, based on how Chicago plays, like, one of them could be significantly worse than the other one. Right, yeah, yeah Like, yeah. with how bad defensively they are, like, it's not going to be, like, where it's just like, well, we're both good because we're a good defensive team. Like, one <laughs> could be really bad. They could both be bad. Right. Uh, but... 
I think Lehner has more experience playing in a, in a bad system than Crawford did. He played for some True. good teams in the day, and maybe that was reflective True. of his But numbers. they are, like, you know, they are both really talented goaltenders. Fantastic. And, uh, both you know, have, have some pretty spectacular seasons under their belt. Um, yeah, concern is the blue line, but they're going to score a lot of goals. I think there's more upside there with that team this year uh, than a lot of people want to give them credit for. Speaking of not great goalie combos, uh, <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets go from having one of the best at Sergei Bobrovsky to Eunice Corpusalo and Elvis, Elvis Merskelins, or however you pronounce Merslink? his name. Merslickens. Merslickens. Yep. Um, so Corpusalo never really Got developed it. into the guy that they wanted okay. him to be. He's not very good. I think, honestly, like if it's in a deep league, if it's in my 28-man league or whatever, like Merslins is the guy to go after, however you pronounce his name. He had some really good years yeah. playing in Switzerland, back-to-back seasons with a twenty or nine twenty-one save percentage. Yeah. Corpusalo, uh, not to cut you off, but it's uh, fine. I do it all the time. Twenty-one-year-old uh, rookie, 2015-16, 9-20 save percentage in thirty-one games. Uh, so there was a lot of hype around Corpusalo coming in. He kind of got pegged a long time ago as a goalie for the future, and I'm sure this was the organization's plan a long time, right? That they knew they weren't going to be able to re-sign Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 51 games over three seasons since then, an 899 save percentage for Corpus Allen, Really so. bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, Merzlinkis clearly has flashed, you know, some talent before. Yeah, there. there's a lot of hype around In the Swiss League. He, uh, that's how, I know that's not correct, yeah. but that's how I'm going to say it for now. But, yeah. Uh, Merzlinkis. Whatever. We don't, we'll call him Elvis. Why don't Until we just call him Elvis? Until I hear a play-by-play. Yeah, his, name is Elvis. his first name's Elvis. We should just be calling him. We're just going to go with Elvis from here on out. Posted that's, a nine I hope he's unreal that we can, like, have an Elvis button. Yeah. Just, he he could honestly. I think that that's an open door. He posted a nine twenty one in the Swiss League. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we've seen yeah, exactly, yeah, right on right on the dot, which is crazy. Um, that's not consistency, but yeah, we've seen Corpusella struggle, like you said. And I mean, if he struggles at the bat, why not give this kid a shot? Yeah, both the same age, working with two pieces of talent. And he's from Latvia. Latvia loves just having randomly good goalies. So. I like Elvis. They need someone to carry the team when they're getting 70 shots in them at every Olympics. So there we go. This is another really interesting one. We've only got two more to talk about. New Jersey, Corey Schneider, Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, D, you weren't here for the uh, goalie episode. Beebs really likes Blackwood, uh, and I don't disagree with him. I, I think Blackwood's great. It's so funny. Actually, I meant to bring it up earlier when we were talking about uh, Connor. No. Uh, whoever played on that team with Brendan Lemieux and all those Andrew Major yep. Pony. Eerie Gold- fellows? Yeah, the Eerie boys. Connor Brown. The goaltender was no, it wasn't Connor Brown, oh. uh, but the goaltender was Mackenzie Blackwood on that team. Ah. I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna bring this." Prior up to his World Junior experience, yes. I believe. But uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is, you know, arguably the most likely backup in the entire NHL. Would you say to take over the starting job? Yes. I mean, I don't think um, him and Elvis, him, him and Elvis. But I, oh my God, he's but, okay, leagues so here, above so, wanting so him. So people more have been asking me a lot about Corey Schneider, and I like Corey Schneider this year <sighs> for the. For the lone reason I don't. that his draft stock is so go- like he he is the number one, but he's going yeah. after Blackwood. Yeah, his draft stock is so low. He is such a low risk investment. Yeah, that I have absolutely no problem. This is a guy at that point a, I'm fine. He was an elite goalie like not that long ago, three years ago. Which three is years a long ago, time. which is a long. But before yeah. that, he was posted like a nine twenty six. Oh, that, I was the biggest Corey Schneider guy. Something yeah, has yeah. happened since then though, which scares injuries me. Caught up, injury, injuries caught. Here's where I'm yeah. at. Injuries caught up to him. This is not. Injuries caught up to him, but Schneider. now he's 100%. I think, and I'm not going to put stock or too much stock into the preseason, but he's looked good. He's got a 935 in this preseason. Obviously, it's limited time. It's half, half a game here, half a game there. I'm not going to put too much stock in. But I think he's healthy. I think that New Jersey is going to want to play him. And even if it's an even timeshare, where he's being drafted, 
I think Corey Schneider could have a pretty good year. Yeah. Now you guys can fuck. You can make that case. You guys yeah. can fucking bury me. No. If, if I'll take if, that if case. If he ends up with an eight ninety seven again or whatever, and he's dog shit, Blackwood's the starter. I think the most logical scenario is that Blackwood becomes a starter. I really do. But I think it's going to take time. To they'll, they'll feel him in for Schneider where he is being drafted right now. I don't hate him as like your third goalie if you take two really good ones at the start, earlier in the draft. And you take him as your number three, and then he potentially blossoms yeah. back into what he used to be. New Jersey takes a step forward. You could have three amazing goals. I think for Jersey, their ideal situation is they don't overwork Schneider. They go about 40-40. You don't necessarily give Black with the reins. Kid's still 22 years old. Um, but, you know, you, you still show the respect. And, I I, I mean, I, I'm talking straight out of my ass here. But I do think that, you know, next year's Blackwood's year. But still, all it's going to take is Schneider just struggling. Blackwood's cruising right in, but at the same time, all it's going to take is Blackwood struggling for Schneider to get seven straight starts. So the, the first time that we talked to, or I talked to D about this situation, we both agreed that we think that Schneider is probably going to play just well enough yeah. to yeah, keep holding Blackwood yeah, off, you, so that you can't nine ten is what yeah, I said. Yeah, this, can't yeah, drop him down nine eleven, but he's, if he's fine there, whatever. Take him to my number three goalie. I just yeah, no, I no, I, I agree. I think he's definitely worth rostering. Um, but I think Black was worth drafting as well, for, for sure. sure. And, and, and it's, um, it's evident. Everybody else thinks the same way because he's, he's going before. Right. Now. I like Blackwood more. I, I think you can make just an easily an argument for this season for Schneider. Uh, I, you know, there's equally as much upside on both sides. Schneider struggled for three years now, less than a 9.10 save percentage. But before that, it was six straight seasons with a 9.21 or better. Um, so... You know, if he can stay healthy, there's obviously upside there. We expect the Devils to be a lot better this year. Blackwood, 918, is a rookie last year. Talented young goaltender, looks really good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's, you know, I, I think you can make an argument from either side. Personally, I like Blackwood better. Obviously, they're on just different sides of the age decline right now. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it. You know, Schneider's getting worse, Blackwood's getting better. And for the record, I'm speaking from a strictly redraft perspective, yeah. obviously. But I think it's close that it's enough where you just toss it on some simple logic like that. It's yeah. like, okay, I feel more comfortable with Blackwood, right? Let's move along to the last one. We've got the New York Islanders, who are seemingly always in a timeshare. Now, though, it is Semyon Varlamov wrong and if they Thomas Grice. Uh, I just... I, I hate I, it. I, I feel I like the it. magic fizzled out last year. I'm not really that interested in, in it, neither one of them. Uh, no, but I, I absolutely I feel like it. the problem is that no one's really ever interested in them and then they fall to you and it's like ah whatever and then they're pretty decent honestly burn me again um go for it yeah. i just i i can't put the stocks there especially with varlamov this guy who put up below a 900 last year um he isn't robert laner or robin laner um it's it's uh, it, robin robin laner had multiple 920 seasons back back to back varlamov's a little bit older too um i just i don't love it and and the chances of grice having just what i think was the best season that grice could have ever had um, no offense to Thomas Grice, but I just, you know, he was a career backup that turned into just a god last year. Um, um, I don't love it. I just want to reference quickly, uh, Craig Custis from The Athletic did a really awesome piece. Craig. Uh, he talked to GMs and coaches anonymously and put together a list of the top 31 starters in the NHL. Um, Farlamov came in at number 17 and Ooh. one of the execs says I think he's going to do very well because they play in a very goalie friendly system I think his numbers will be good but if he can make the big timely saves from the, that they got from Laner last year obviously whatever but another exec depends on which Farlamov you get yeah, that's, a, that's what nice, it is on a night to night basis you never know to me I'll never own Thomas Grace I could care less uh, he <laughs> But I, you know, give me. I'll, I'll, I'll take some shares in Semyon Varlamov this year. I just, 
I think he's a pretty goalie friendly system. As yeah, you, you have as to you, you have to at least put he's, some shares. He's in worth them. a risk, especially seeing what they did last year. But I mean, I just I people who think they're gonna replicate it, I think it's that's very hard. That's yeah. best case. And say what you will about Grice, but Varlamov's another one of those guys where I, I feel a lot better about what his numbers are gonna look like if he only has to play fifty games. Yeah, oh, big time. If and that's, and that's, gonna happen. that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen hundred percent. It's gonna be fifty thirty thirty two or whatever. Um. Before we move on, my only issue with Varlamov is current ADP is 96.7. I just have a hard time. I think that everybody's just saying he's going to do what Blader did last year. You you know what I mean? They're just chalk, pencil it in, whatever you want to say. And it's just so maybe not the case. And it's just too much of a... Too much of a risk for me. Uh, but if he drops, people think similarly to you know other people that he's going to be shit, whatever. And he drops, give me. Yeah, anyway. I'm not feeling great about having him as my second goaltender, but third no. goalie. You know, come on, yeah, for sure. All right, really quickly, I'll start. Bang! I'll let you guys go. Yep. We're just we've talked about these guys at length this season. We're just going to rename players that we absolutely love in the late rounds of drafts. Uh, I've got about six. I'm just going to rattle them off. Maybe give you a quick projection. And we're going to move on. We're not going to talk about them because we've already done it. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, go back and listen to what we said at length. Yeah, Uh, just good to get as many names out there as uh, possible. Just guys that we like and guys that could be going a round or two earlier. These are guys where no bullshit would be taking if we find ourselves in that spot. I've got ADPs and DFO rankings for all these guys as well. So first one, Nito Niederreiter. Brock's boy. ADP on Fantasy Pros, which if you guys don't know, Combines Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS and comes up with one number. Yeah, average ADP is 183. On DFO, I have them ranked at 82. Like, I couldn't be more in 101 your face Dalmatian much, spots. Yes, I, I could be more in your face about how much I want this guy on my team. Uh, to me, this guy has 30 goal, 35 assists upside this year. Over 230 shots. Love it. Sam Reinhart, ADP 165. I've got him at 126. 40 spots earlier. Uh, to me... Not going to get a ton of goals, but you're going to get probably 40-plus assists. We all expect Jack Eichel to have a breakout year. Uh, if they're going to be on the same line for a little bit, fine. If they're not, I think Reinhardt's just fine with the, the new wingers that they've got. Uh, Nico Heischer, average a- or ADP is uh, 140. I got him at 128 a couple rounds earlier. To me, Taylor Hall makes all the difference for Heischer, and he's going to be healthy this year. Yep. I really love Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. I really him. love Nico Heischer. We like Palmieri as well. Uh, moving on to another devil, Nikita Gusev. Average ADP, which I'm shocked by, is 162. I've got him at 130. Uh, I wrote about him yesterday. I said, it's crazy to me that you... Because like you guys, you had to draft um, Vadim Shapachev like, way earlier. Yeah. And he didn't even play a game. Well, that's what it is. Nobody wants to get burned. But for every like Vadim Shapachev, yeah. there's Artemi Panarin. And I think... Been Gusev's there, done here. that. Last year, uh, Gusev led the KHL in assists with 65 and points with 82. To me, probably not going to score over 20 goals this year, but over 40 assists is very doable and Anthony Mantha average ADP 145.3 I have him ranked at 118 uh, to me he's a lock for 30 goals this year and uh, 30 plus assists is doable I don't know if he gets there but 30 goals lock it down and I think all three of us have this guy written down but I've got his numbers here Nikolai Ehlers 167 yeah. ADP I have him ranked at 139 probably going to go over 200 plus shots this year back in the top 6 25 goals 30 plus assists for fun uh, I really like Nikolai Ehlers, but boys, uh, Beebs, we'll start with you. Rattle off some names. Say, while we're on the Jets, I only got two quick ones here, but I got a back-end option here. Josh Morrissey, we've talked about it. The Jets are absolutely dismantled. They saw We got to see Dustin Bufflin go home this week. Terrible. Hope he comes back. But until then, Josh Morrissey is going to be an absolute minute eater. Guy who had a pretty decent year, 31 points in 59 games last year. Going to see him bump up 
likely into a power play position. Some, um, I mean, he will be their quarterback there, I believe, because there's just no one else who, yes. who can do it. Um, I would not be surprised if I see this guy jump into top 10 league wide time on ice after getting a casual 24. Yeah, it depends. Year. It all depends on what happens with Buffalo there. Uh, current ADP though is 164.3. Mm-hmm. If Buffalo doesn't come back or whatever, something happens there in like a league, if you're 28 man deep, Sammy Niku or Niku is a guy that like deep, you could yeah. just like th- they think the yeah. world of this kid. He could potentially see power play one time over Morrissey. Uh, I doubt it, but definitely power play two times. If you're in, like the deepest of leagues, that's oh one yeah, of yeah, no, absolutely. And and he's shown it in the minors. But a couple names that are just going before Morrissey here. You got Ryan McDonough, Jeff Petrie, and Martin Morenson going before. Every time right I now, see so. Ryan McDonough's name, I love. So yeah, um, so definitely go Morrissey above them. Just straight up the minutes itself. If he can get it above 100 shots for the first time in his career. Um, or sorry, second time he got to 104 the year before. But if he can get those shots up, going to bode well for him. Next, I have drafted at 173 ADP, playing on the first line in Anaheim, Ricard Raquel. Um, he had 18 goals, 25 assists for 43 points, cost 69 nice games last year at 26 <laughs> years old. Um, he's clearly one of the best sources of offense in Anaheim, a team that we talk about it. If you're on a bad team, someone has to score goals, and Raquel kind of um, – comes right in there he had a down year last year but that's after a 33 and 34 goal season if you're getting this guy at 173 he's literally going to be one of the last players on your roster and he is an easy 30 goal potential yeah back-to-back 30 goal seasons like you said and just shot 9.3 percent last yeah, year that super down year 14 percent the year before a career 12.7 percent shooter yeah. so he's a guy if you're healthy definitely a 30 30 candidate 194 shots across um 69 games again so yeah so he's an easy 200 shot potential easy 30 goal potential and maybe not easy but it's definitely more likely than a lot of guys we're seeing and anyone we're seeing go out if you can give me 30 goals at the back of my roster people just forget because this guy got hurt he's He's a bit slow slow. but um yeah those are my two sleepers i absolutely love them and they're guys who i honestly would consider taking almost 60 70 spots before they're being taken here deep uh, I got a bunch of guys. We'll just rattle them off quickly. You guys can chime in on it if you want. JVR. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say him. ADP 165, uh, you know, gets a boost even in, in points leagues or leagues that uh, favor goals more than assists. Uh, I think if he stays healthy, you know, 30-20 is probably what you're yeah. going to get out Classic of him. Classic JVR year, yeah. which is great. Uh, de- great source of goals going at the end of drafts right now. Casper uh, Kapanen, already talked about him. Going to be worth owning for the first month of the season, however long Hyman's out. Uh, Andreas Janssen, Kapanen's 165, Janssen 167. Touched on them both already. Travis Konechny right in there as well, 168. Uh, Nico Heischer, talked about in some prior episodes, the center episode. I just sent him too. Uh, man, I was trying to cross them all up. <laughs> That's so, all right. 170 uh, around there for Heischer. Yeah, Heischer, uh, you know, being slept on, starting on the first line, like you said. Makes no sense. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, 170. Uh, yeah. Numbers consistent from year to year. Uh, legit number three defenseman. He's a phenomenal. I was surprised player, how yeah. uh, how deep he fantasy drops. defenseman. Super yeah. super. Well, underrated. I mean, it, you know, there's just it's the Suter and Dumba are there, right? And but, but he has enough production at five v five that he's. Yeah, they be. love him in Minnesota, and they and they're not afraid to give him twenty six, yeah. twenty seven. If, if you're yeah. in a league that rewards block shots, you guys gonna yeah. rack Shit. up one hundred and fifty. Or you know, a lot of people don't like burning earlier picks on defensemen, and they rather just load oh, like up he, on forwards. He's, he's it's a, a, it's you know forty five points you can get at the end of the totally time. totally fine with him as my number four defenseman if you want to wait. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, Alex Tuck. Uh, another one of the boys, yep. 171. Uh, I think you know his floor is around a 30-20 season uh, with more upside than that if he sees the opportunity. Uh, Got to stay healthy, though. Yep. Uh, Josh Bailey, 171. Alert. Uh, depends on the league you're in because he's probably only going to score 15 goals, but he could probably give you 40 to 45 assists. Uh, so Josh Bailey, yeah. uh, great source of assists Consistent and points as hell that you people. can get yeah. Yeah, in literally the last round of your draft. Uh, and then Josh Anderson, 
174. Uh, just another one of those guys that I think is going to score 30 goals this year. Assists aren't going to be there. That's baked into his Big and banger in Pim's leagues. Yeah. Well, that's Fine what I was just going to say. Yeah. He, he, he helps see, across yes. the board. Some yes. of these guys, He's a modern-day Lucic. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Okay. You see some of these guys who their ADPs are so inflated, and it's because of hits leagues. But then he's still way down there. Motherfucker had 214 hits last year. Yeah. So and he's gonna. I I really think he's got a really good shot at scoring 30 goals this season. Uh, there's more ice time to go around in that top six, obviously. Uh, and yeah, I, I think there's a chance. You know, he gets we've a seen, shot on the top line. They switch Atkinson over to the left wing. Exactly. What I was gonna say we've yeah. seen Atkinson yeah. play the left side, and if mm-hmm. Anderson plays with him and PLD, it's it's, it's dirty. Uh, and I still think he's like even if he doesn't, if he's on the second line, he's still gonna play 18, 19 minutes a night. Uh, and you know, with Felino or even Alexander Wenberg, not the worst situation to be in. It's not great, you know, not not Matt Duchesne, but it's not terrible. Yeah. Without going too in depth here, I think William Carlson's another guy. Uh, also, looking quickly, um, sorry, Dylan Strom. I was surprised at how low he was going. I thought people would be reaching at him like crazy. Yeah, I figured I, he would be one of the guys who was going yeah, way well, higher than he should. I mean, but... we talked about him how we don't expect him to be as productive as he was last season, but yeah, I still think he's worth it. He's, he's, he's totally sure. a guy who can take the, the next round. step, too. Like, he, mm-hmm. we saw it in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, we could easily see him and DeBrincat become the number like yeah i mean put kane there yeah the, i agree the like the way line, he yeah. produced last year not the most sustainable but he could definitely he improve could, on yeah. some of his peripheral there's a reason he sure. went that early in the draft player, right yeah. also nazim kadri oh going way hell later. yeah going oh, way later than he should be uh but all right we're gonna play a, a dream, little game baby. here i mean not a game but i'm gonna i got about 10 would you rathers here i'm gonna give you two players that are very similar and let you guys decide which one you'd rather pick. Uh, Beebs, we'll start with you on the first one. Would you rather Matt Duchesne or Jack Hughes? Matt Duchesne, just strictly on the fact that he has proven talent at that. I just don't trust rookies. Um, and Duchesne has done the 70 points before. He's going to score the goals. I like Nashville's lineup. I like where he's slotting in. Um, he's my boy on that one. D? Uh, yeah, I like Matt Duchesne too. I, I, for me, what I think uh, he, Hughes is – uh, ceiling is not that much uh, higher than Duchesne's floor. Exactly. Uh, Duchesne has some upside there in Nashville too. I think, you know, a uh, real good chance. He uh, really takes over as the number one center on that team, uh, even though Johansson and Turris are both there. Um, so, yeah, I just like him a little bit more, and I'm always wary about, you know, investing too much in, in rookies. In rookies. Yeah. Um, Scary. Current ADP, 111 for Jack Hughes, 115 for Matt Duchesne. Uh, I will say Jack Hughes looks really, really good in the preseason. Yeah. About I, as good I'll as play you devil's ad, advocate here. I like I like Hughes a little bit, uh, but I really hope Duchesne fixes that power play. I hope he goes in and makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll play devil's ad, advocate no, and go I with like Hughes. Uh, next one, Matt Domi or, or – sorry, Max Domi or Matt Barzell. Beeps. This one, this one was a super tough one. Um, I went Barzell just strictly on I like his ceiling more. I think this guy has the higher potential, but I, I think you could put him in a hat, pull him out, you're going to get the same type of production. Um, so give me Barzell, but no one hold me to this one. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think Domi, uh, 11.5 on ice shooting percentage, shot 13.8 last year uh, above his career average. So I, I think there's some regression coming Domi's way. Uh, and you know, I think Barzell is a bit in the opposite camp. I think he was a little unfortunate uh, to have as big yeah. of a sophomore slump as he was last year, and he was still pretty productive uh, as was. So I, I'd rather have Matthew Barzell than Max Domi. Barzell's ADP is one hundred seven point three. <coughs> Domi's is one hundred. It's so crazy oh, to think that that would be the case because everybody's talking about how Barzell had a down year last year, still puts up sixty two points, which yeah. um, that's you know pretty close. I think Domi had seventy two. 
So we're talking about one guy's basically floor versus one guy's ceiling. Mm-hmm. To me, I would rather have Matthew Barzell as well. Let's stick with the Islanders here. Ryan Pulak or Ryan Ellis. You guys don't choose who I here. want. Uh, D, we'll start with you. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I. This one's really tough for me. I, I think Ellis has a very stable floor. Um, he's already played over 24 minutes a game last year, so I don't know how much of Subban's ice time he's going to assume. I still think he's clearly behind Yossi on the top power play, though we have seen Nashville go two defensemen on the top unit a lot. Uh, but we got a new coach in there working the power play. Um, and, you know, I can't Early indications is it's just Yossi, four forwards. Right. And I imagine that's going to be the case. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Pulak, I, I do like, and I, I really think he's... I'm confident he's going to get the full season on that top power play. You know, I think he proved last season he's the better option than Nick Letty. Um, I guess I would go slight Pulak here, uh, but I, you know, I think it's. Be- I haven't looked at his hit numbers. I'm assuming it's because of the Bangor leagues, but I was surprised about how early uh, Pulak is going right now. It was 133.5. I thought you'd be able to get more value out of him. I'm yeah, really not crazy about taking him in, in that league and standard leagues that don't uh, account for hits. Uh, and I'm just assuming Brock can double check that for me right now. He's he's actually going a lot earlier on uh, on Yahoo 133 and 128 on ESPN uh, 187 on CBS. So they don't know. I didn't know CBS even had websites. Uh, yeah. So I think I would take slight Pulak. Um, 143 hits last year. 113 the year prior. So some value, games. but not nothing insane that yeah. would really drive it up not that like much. A, but it, it would help. Uh, not a perennial It would hitter. help for sure. You're going um, Ellis, obviously, right, Beebs? Oh, dude. I, yeah, I would go slight Pulak, but it's Ellis a real toss up for me. I'm in the Pulak camp here as well. Uh, the thing about Pulak, especially second half of last year, played massive minutes, similar minutes to what Ellis plays, but he's got the first power play. Mm-hmm. To me, that just gives him the edge. Uh, so I'm going to go Pulak. Uh, Vincent Trocheck or William Carlson, t- to you, Beebs. Not even letting me make my Ellis case. Just want to do it really quick. We talked about it last year. Um, Ellis was, I believe he was like 13th in league-wide scoring across the last five years. He's just extremely consistent. That's why I like him there. Sorry, I didn't um, think you had a case because my ass, you were like, Psh. I don't even have to say anything. No, I already know my no, answer. I yeah. thought that was well, your answer. No, yeah. He is I thought it was going to be my favorite Winter Ryan Spitfire Ellis of all time. Ryan but, Ellis. Well, I, I wanted to. Trust me. But no, he does. There is, there is a case from there. Um, but I mean... Of course, there's the top power play for Paul, but it's Ryan. Ryan fucking Ellis, man. There's no way. Okay, okay. Vincent Trocheck, William Carlson. I like William Carlson on this one, just uh, strictly off of the fact that um, he's proven he can do that top line stuff. Trocheck, I just don't think can stay healthy. It sounds ridiculous, but he's actually a guy who cannot stay healthy. Um, as much as like it's it just 82 games, not gonna happen. Um, Carlson gets that top line. I don't think that Trocheck's gonna be up. The, well, I know they got Barkov centering their top line. So uh, for me. Um, both great players to have both players that I think are going later than they should be. Um, but I do want William great flow Carlson on my squad. Uh, I'm leaning slightly the other way. You know, I, I'd be fine with having Carlson on my team. Uh, but I do like Trocheck just a little bit more, uh, again, a little bit worried about how Quenville is going to dole out the ice time. Uh, but I, I think, you know, Trocheck. Right, Beebs has had trouble staying healthy, but he broke his leg last year. I'm not like you know. Yeah, it's, it's a not pretty, a. That's a pretty fluke. Free, exactly. Yeah. Fluke, We're not going to assume that he's gonna reoccurring break his leg, leg breaks. God, exactly. Damn, that would um, be the worst. 34 points in 55 games, so it was a little disappointing. Uh, even when he did come back, but I, you know, it's tough getting back up to speed when you miss half the season. Break your leg with a broken leg. I like his chances of getting back around 60, 65 points this season. I think that's closer to Carlson's ceiling. Um, you know, Carlson, 40 goals, I guess 70 yeah. points was his ceiling. 
Uh, but I, yeah. you know, I like the we talked about a lot. You can't bank him. on him shooting anywhere near what he oh, did yeah, he's not gonna do a couple seasons stats. ago. But I was, you know, surprised about how far the other way it fell last year, to be honest with you. I thought it'd be uh, a little more productive than that. I think Carlson's more of 30-30 upside, whereas Trocek, I like to get closer to 65-70 points. Yeah, I'm in the Trocek camp as well. If you look at his last three years, uh, 230 shots, 287 shots. Last year was on pace for 236 shots. Really good shot volume. Uh, so I like him to be a 30-goal scorer again. The other thing that's worth noting, never really had a high on-ice shooting percentage. Even in the year, he put up 75 points. This is an 8.3 on-ice shooting percentage. So uh, I like Trocek a lot. Uh, you know, playing with Mike Hoffman should pick up the apples. He's always been a guy that can put yep. the puck in the back of the net. Worth noting, though, it does look like William Carlson could center the top line with Jonathan Marcheseau and Mark Stone. Which would be really Pretty good for his guy. If he ends up playing with Marshall so and Mark He's Stone, good for that's all three of them. That, yeah, yeah, that's as good as it gets. Uh, we, it's we almost talk- like when they had the line with Marcia So and Riley Smith, but yeah, a guy but, who's but ten just, times better. Just way better. But yeah. it's crazy because we were very we basically assumed that it was gonna be Patrick Stastny Stone because they were so dominant five v five last year. Uh, but it looks like they're gonna maybe tinker with it a little bit. Okay, a couple more here. Beams, we'll start with you because I know you're gonna love this guy. Let's rattle through these ones quick. Pierre Luc Dubois or Dylan Strom. PLD, just going to get better usage, um, better minutes. We talked about it. Strom's behind Taze, as of right now, isn't their number one center. PLD is, like his ceiling more than Strom's. D. Uh, PLD, the usage just there, you know, I've talked about, we're going to expect a bit of a fall off from Strom. Both guys worth watching. Uh, Dubois, I don't think will be as good as he was last year either with Panarin being gone, uh, but I still like him more than Strom, just the usage. Higher floor. I'm going to go with Strom. Uh, I looked up PLD's numbers before this uh, podcast between him uh, playing with and without Panarin. With Panarin, I think he had a 54-point-something Corsi 4. Without Panarin, it dropped yeah. to 42%. Just, I think that's going to be like such a huge issue for not only PLD, just that whole team. Yeah, we talked about it a few episodes ago with him and Atkinson, the scoring chances, everything it's drops drop off away significantly. from Panarin. Alexander Texier is not Artemi Panarin, so I'm going to go <laughs> with Dylan Strom on that one. Uh, he's got better line mates, could play with Patrick Kane, who knows. Uh, okay, Oscar Clefbaum or Justin Schultz, this could be your number four defenseman. Uh, who are you taking? Clefbaum, strictly off of shots. Clefbaum just absolutely throws everything at the net. And this could be the year he breaks out. I'll take that risk more than I expect Justin Schultz to truly break out or stay healthy. Uh, yeah, I just like Clefbaum for me. I just, you know, starting on that first power play, you know, with Edmonton, uh, your draft really isn't for the full season. It's for the what's going on at the start of the season. You got to adjust and you got to make moves uh, as the season unfolds. And, you know, as we start, Clefbaum's in a much better situation than Schultz. <laughs> Uh, obviously, that can change with you know Latang's injury history, Big yada time. yada yada. But in draft day, I'm taking Clefbaum before Schultz. Uh, <coughs> Schultz, I've been, or sorry, Clefbaum, I've been waiting for the elite upside to to surface. Hasn't really happened. Uh, Schultz, obviously, an injury concern, uh, but so is Latang, and we've seen throughout the preseason they have tinkered with Schultz on the top power play instead of Latang for whatever reason. Uh, I think there's opportunity for him to potentially play there more than uh, Clef Baum because it looks like they're pretty content with Nurse up there right now as well. So I'm going to go slightly towards Schultz. I don't really like either guy, though, which makes me very sad because I was very high on Clef Baum a few years ago. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk or Rupe Hintz, both potentially on the top line or second lines of their respective teams. Beebs. This one was tough as hell. I'm going Rupe just strictly off the fact that he looks so goddamn good last year on that top line at the end of the year and in the playoffs. I like the idea of him continuing it just strictly off his speed. Rupe hands for me. These guys are both guys you're taking a chance on, though, that are left wing, right wing eligibility, I believe. And uh, center left wing. Yeah, center for Rupe. Le- Okay. Um, well, that, oh, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think Gelchenik's also center yeah. left wing. Regardless, two positions. I like Rupe just a little bit more, although Gelchenik has proven it. I'll give him that. D. 
I'll take Galchenyuk. Yeah, me too. Galchenyuk with yeah. with, uh, with Malkin, I like that a little bit more. Slight, Put slight. them both at the bottom of my roster. Slight, like, yeah. Whatever. We actually haven't talked about this yet, but Justin Falk just got traded to the St. Louis Blues, so we'll talk about it now. Justin Falk or Mikhail Sergachev, beeps. Sergachev, I'm on the idea of the upside. What we were looking for last year from him didn't come out. I think that it does have a possibility this year, and I'm just going to take that chance. Justin Falk, I don't think he's going to... He's not taking anyone's spot on that top power play, is he? I don't think he's not taking Petrangelo's. I don't, I don't know. He took Dougie Hamilton, so he could take Petrangelo's. True. Well, the um, issue is there's four guys who could seemingly play yeah. in that top spot, right? There's Where? Petrangelo, there's Falk, and there's Pareko, Vince Dunn, and there's Colton Pareko. Yeah. Vince Dunn did very well in the top five. Phenomenal, player. yeah. And I told you, I was talking to you before the Falk trade, Brock, about how much I like Vince Dunn uh, Good this shot. season. Good shot, volume. Uh, and just the production and everything in a more limited role. Yeah, I thought there was room for that role to grow. Not so much room anymore. With I'm just the biggest, I'm the biggest Colton Pareko guy now. He's just so useless. Right, but they've still, like, even at times last year, they put Pareko on the top unit over Petrangelo. They have no idea what they're doing. And and no, it doesn't even matter though. They were last that, that good. Point. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Justin Falk has just been one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. Right. I but feel the like Canes this... power play really struggled last season, and one of the biggest sticking points is they wouldn't move Falk off the oh, for quarterback sure. position. So I don't know. Obviously, they have to be excited about his offensive upside if they choose. I just Falk. think that he has a chance to be on the top power play unit, which Sergeyev does not, because Victor Hedman still exists. Yeah, if you could tell me Hedman was going to play over twenty minutes a game for the first time in his career, and maybe flirt, you know, with some Sergeyev, extra power yeah. play time. Sergeyev, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, Hedman will. I guarantee. Uh, Hedman, Hedman, Hedman will, will be over twenty. Uh, but and then Shattenkirk being there just complicates things yeah. even further right yeah, exactly. obviously on the total other end of the h spectrum is sergachev but fills a very yeah. similar role. i don't even know if i want they're, either of them they're both them. in the same spot exactly yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough it's spot for honest. both of them all right just keep an eye on them quickly goalies varlamov or ranta ranta varlamov ranta devin dubnik or martin jones martin jones Slight Straight, strictly yeah, on wins with Dubnik for Jones. As well. Dubnik and Ranta. I hope I get them in every league because they're my two favorite goalies in the league. Uh, he's not going to win as many games as Martin Jones probably, but his stats are going to be his peripheral. Yeah. What if Martin Jones just falls ass backwards into a nine eighteen save percentage? Yeah. That's never going to. Then he's elite. He's not good at goalie. San Jose's the best team in the Aaron league. Aaron Dell's not going to take that spot. <laughs> he's five foot four. Yeah, and he's Aaron Dell. Be like me playing goalie for the Sharks. But anyways, that was season five, episode or seven. That's for five, sure going to be our last episode before this, the uh, the draft. Yeah. Or sorry, the regular season. So hopefully, uh, this helps you guys be ready for the draft. Uh, make sure you draft Nino Niederreiter and all the other guys we talked about. Uh, I'm Brock Segan. We got Michael B's Bondi to my right, Dylan D. Berthier to my left. Next time we talk to you guys, fucking hockey's back, boys. Looking forward to it. Can't Woo! wait. Yep, sending every little piece of luck I got your way. Peace.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.